Uh, I can't believe it's the middle of August already. Uh, we were away this past week. I had two thoughts while we were away this past week. Uh, the first one was, go ahead, put that next picture up there. Summer should get a speeding ticket. Holy cow, did summer just fly by. Uh, I noticed when Pam said it was back to school time, the only people that clapped were parents. Uh, no kids clapped, nobody who's a teacher clapped, no one was excited, but the parents are like, yes, the end of summer. And then uh, uh, this, this was me this past week, I'll just be honest. Please, just a little more summer. When, what, what do you guys reckon on the calendar? When does summer end for you? Is it September 20th? Is it the actual date of summer? Is it when the weather, we had the first cool morning? The first, I heard the first snow was, was when summer's over. Mike's, Mike's still sitting out in the backyard under the lawn chair and the leaves are covering him. And No, I'm hanging on to summer. I don't know, the kids are back to school soon when summer vacations are over. All I know is this summer has flown by, uh, but it has not diminished God's goodness at all. We've seen his faithfulness uh, the whole time. We're we're two-thirds of the way through our year of celebrating 50 years as a church, God's faithfulness to us. All, All I know is he continues to show up and be faithful every single moment of our lives. And just because summer is coming to a close, he's not gonna stop being faithful. Can I get one amen in the house this morning? Uh, last week, Pastor Justin was with us. Thanks for everybody that was here and, and supported him and made him feel welcome. Uh, Pastor Justin talked about things getting bigger, brighter, and better. Man, the, the three B's, that's, that's better alliteration than P's because the P's pop, but the B's are good. Bigger, brighter, and better. Everybody say those three words with me. Bigger, brighter, and better. And I'm, I wanted to follow up on that by starting a series this week called Things Are Getting Better. Say that with me one more time. Better. Man, we're going to make a case over the next few weeks that things are actually getting better in the world around us and that our expectations should be for things to get better because we serve a great God. Come on, how many of you know that Jesus was present in this room this morning? How many of you are thankful for what he did on the cross and what he continues to do in our lives? This, this is the only, Jesus is the person that affected all of eternity. What he did 2,000 years ago when he walked on this earth and went to that cross and walked out of the tomb still resonates today. He is still changing lives. He is saving and healing and delivering. And the, the things that Jesus did changed eternity forever. And it should change our expectations for what's going to happen in our future. The reason I want to do this to stir our expectations, to get us to start to think about what we're expecting to happen in the future, is because our expectations of the future drive our behavior in the present. Say that one more time. Why, why is this important? Why, why is what we expect make a difference? Because what you expect to happen in the future affects how you're living right now. Come on, the things that you say, the things that you do, the way you act, the things that you think. Come on, if you, here's an example. If you expect it to rain later this afternoon, what did you do in the morning? You grabbed an umbrella before you left the house. Your future expectations affect right now how you act. Come on, if you, if you expect the stock market to collapse in the next year, what do you do? You buy gold or you change your investments. You do something different. Our behavior right now is affected by what we think is going to happen in the future. Our expectations have power. Yeah. Come on. Our expectations have power. What we think about the future affects our mental health. Did you ever think about that? 
Maybe, maybe depression latches on to some people more easily because they have a diminished view of what's going to happen in the future. If you, if, you think, if you think the world is going to hell in a handbasket, is that going to be a very good reason to get up in the morning? Yes, I'm excited about life because it's going to be so bad in the future. Come on, our expectations have power in even our mental health and what goes on in our body, soul, and spirit. It affects how we plan, how we engage with the world around us, what we think is going to happen. Also, can I just add an also on there? That's just for people as a general rule, but also as Christians, there's something more powerful about our expectations. Another way to describe the expectations that Christians have is faith. Come on, what are we putting our faith in? Do we have faith that that things are going to get better, that Jesus made a difference on the cross? Come on, I think our faith has power because it has substance. Come on, everybody in in the room, if you haven't read Hebrews, that could be your homework for this series because Hebrews is all about things are better. We have a better covenant and better promises. There's better blood. There's better, a better sacrifice that Jesus offered. There's something about our faith that has power because it has substance. It takes the things of the unseen realm and makes them real here. Come on. I don't know why God set it up that way, but he said, I've given you something that has the substance and the ability to pull the unseen realm into this one. He's, he, didn't, he did the heavy lifting on the cross, but he didn't say, I'm going to do all the work for you. You just coast along. He, we get to participate in believing with him and praying and declaring and seeing things come to pass in this realm. What if, just think about this for a second, what if it really is a true statement that our expectations carry more weight than unbelievers? What if the things that are happening and manifesting in the world around us are coming because the people who have power and faith, what we're believing in is what's starting to happen? What if our expectations actually contribute to the future instead of just reacting to it? Maybe that should change what we're expecting to happen or what we're believing for. Here's a question for you, or a comment, I don't know, maybe a thought provoker, however you want to take it this morning. How do you react when you hear that phrase, things are getting better? Do you think, yeah, I believe that? Or are you like, nah, nope, 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 I don't believe that at all. Or maybe you need more options, like one of those surveys. Do you ever see the surveys? If you strongly agree, if you somewhat agree, if you kind of agree, if you're feeling eh about agreeing, Man, I, why is that? It's, it's like however many options there are, you always want one more. On a scale of one to five, well, I wanted to put 3.8, but it's only a one to five scale. All right, well, one to 100. Well, I wanted to put 38 and a half now. Why is that? Do we, do we believe it or don't we? Or maybe, maybe it's a little bit of a trick question. Maybe you answer it like I do when somebody says, how you doing? My, my standard answer is, depends on what day of the week it is and what you're looking at. I'm, I'm seeing some people at least nodding like, yeah, okay. All right, go with me on this for a little bit. That's my standard answer. It depends on what day and, and how you're looking at. If you don't think things are getting better, if you think the world is getting worse, you're not alone. They, they did a survey within the past decade. 65% of Americans said the world was getting worse. Hmm. Maybe the world needs a little bit of hope. Maybe the world needs a little bit of optimism. 
Maybe the world needs people of faith to stand up and say, Jesus can do something about the circumstances you're experiencing. We, we will look at some data during this series. Not today, but during this series, we'll look at some data because I'm kind of a nerd that way. But people who look at data will routinely tell you that the world getting worse is not true. That the world is actually improving and getting better. We're, for, but for some reason, come on, what, what leads on the news stories? The bad news. For some reason, bad news and pessimism is what sells. That's what people are hungry for, but I think that's the world's way of thinking. I think God wants to shift something in our expectations. I, I think part of the reason people think the world's getting worse is because we're more connected now than ever. Come on. Something bad happens on the other side of the world, and you hear about it instantly, and you think, oh my gosh, the world is ending. Can, can I just say, like, Here's an example. For, for every person that, was, that got shot this weekend, all right, horrible things. Those are tragedies to the people it happens to. I don't want to diminish them. I don't want to make light of them. But for every person that shot someone else, there were thousands of people in their homes that didn't shoot anybody. In fact, they were at home loving their family and, and thinking about ways to bless their neighbors or just at least being good. Come on, how come that's not the lead story on the news? Because bad news is what sells. But if we look for it, we'll find there's more good news than we would anticipate all around us. If we're, come on, I feel like there's something about it. We ought, we ought to just stop right now and lay hands on our eyes and say, Lord Jesus, help us to see. Because what you're looking for is what you're going to find. And I think Jesus wants us to see differently. He wants us to look for different things. So for the sake of our conversation in this series, when I say things are getting better, here's one way I want to ask the question. Is the kingdom of God manifesting more and more around us in the world? Come on, we're, we're singing kingdom songs. We're singing about Jesus changing lives. Is that actually happening? Is the kingdom progressively enhancing and, and manifesting itself in all of its fruit and all of its goodness? Is the light overcoming the darkness? Come on, we sing about Jesus being the light. We quote the scripture, the light came and the darkness could not comprehend it or overcome it. Do we believe that or not? Are the, are the things that Jesus died for, the things that Jesus wants to see happening in the world, are they happening at a greater rate than the things that the devil wants to do? I'm just provoking some thought this morning. Is the church that Jesus pledged to build oh, being overcome by the gates of hell or are we winning? Come on, we, we quote these verses, we love these promises. Are we actually expecting that to happen? Are we seeing it in the world around us? Does Jesus' name still have power to transform the world or are we failing at his command to disciple the nations? Which one do we believe and which one were, are we expecting? Did the cross really permanently alter something in the heavens and on the earth? Come on, I'm getting some yeses now. There's some things that he's doing that we just need to be looking for and expecting them to happen because he promised them. I think what Jesus promised he can deliver on. That, that might be just me, but I'm foolish enough to believe that what he said he's going to do. And... I don't know, that might be, maybe that's the definition of childlike faith that he's wanting out of all of us. Man, he said it, okay, I believe he can do it. He can make it happen. 
do, do Jesus' prayers carry any weight? Because I know he's still praying for us right now at this very moment, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession. Does that carry some weight in what's happening in our world? Here was here a prayer that he prayed, and he taught us to pray. In Matthew 6.10, he said, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's happening in heaven right now? Anybody have any ideas, any, any thoughts, any, any inkling of what's going on in heaven? I can tell you what's not in heaven. There's no sickness and no disease. There's no sorrow. There's no tears. Death doesn't have a hold on anybody. Come on, there are things that are happening in heaven that Jesus told us to have an expectation to see those things happen here. Do I really believe the Holy Spirit is powerful enough to cause that prayer to be answered? There, come on, I'm, I'm not making... I'm not belittling anybody's troubles or problems they're going through. There is a tension of we are praying for the kingdom to come and to manifest here on earth, but we don't see it in every single situation. Come on, there are still people that are battling sickness and disease. There's, there's still funerals. I saw the funeral home on vacation. It's still open for business. Come on, there, there is this tension of an expectation to see it come, but we know it's not fully here yet. But every time... A relationship is mended. The kingdom has come a little more. Every time someone gets healed, the kingdom has come a little bit. Or cured. Man, wave, wave that hand at me. Bob Johnson's probably back counting the offering. He's not even in the room right now. Bob Johnson got surgery on his hand and he's moving his fingers. I'm like, that's a miracle. I, I, that is a modern miracle. And I don't, I, don't, I don't care how it arrived, that healing came the kingdom came a little bit more in that moment. Every time someone gets saved, the kingdom has come. Every time someone chooses righteousness, the kingdom has come. Come on. How many of you know Pittsburgh is famous for Jonas Salk working at University of Pittsburgh, coming up with the cure for polio? All right? That's part of Pittsburgh's history. You should, we should study that and know the things. I, I, that one's probably a little more significant than the fact that the Big Mac came from here, right? And one of them is more effective because I only had one polio vaccine, but I, I've eaten plenty of Big Macs. So I don't know what that says about how those things compare to each other. But I don't know, I don't know that Jonas Salk even acknowledged God or was a believer or anything. I don't think he fell down on his knees and said, Thank you, God, for the cure for polio. But I know where that cure came from. Because there's a realm where polio doesn't exist. Where there's no sickness and disease. And in that moment, some of that realm came into this realm. Here here is a good definition for the kingdom coming. Because Jesus talked in a lot of parables. He always said the kingdom of heaven is like this. And it's like that. And this is what happens. I think anything that promotes life or health or wholeness in your body, soul, and spirit is a manifestation of God's kingdom. That's part of salvation. If you study out salvation, the word sozo, the things that, that are surrounding salvation, it's when wholeness comes in your body, soul, and spirit. And I think the things that we see that promote that, anytime life is promoted, that's why we're pro-life at our church. Because I believe that's part of the kingdom coming, is when life is promoted and celebrated. There's things that happen that make us whole, that that is the answer to that prayer of Jesus saying, let the kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. 
we get, come on, if you're in this room and you got saved, things got better for you. Come on, you, in, in an instant, in, in the twinkling of an eye, you got translated from death into life. I think that qualifies as things got better for us. So if you, have, if you can't think of one single other thing to celebrate or to think something's getting better in life, man, it sure got better the moment I met Jesus. Come on. We get tripped up sometimes because the kingdom coming is not a one-time event. We, we think, oh, well, well, when Jesus returns, everything will be completely good, and that's the kingdom coming. The kingdom is coming all the time if we're willing to see it. In Matthew 13, Jesus talked about the kingdom in parables. One of the parables, he said, the kingdom is like seeds of wheat that get planted in the ground. They begin to grow. How many of you have ever sat in the field and watched the entire process from the seed being planted until the wheat coming up to bud? You sat in your chair and watched it happen for the whole season. No. Nobody in this room did. Why not? Because it takes forever. You'll be out there all summer in the rain and the snow and the wind and the sun and all the things, the seasons that happen. Maybe not snow for wheat growing season. I just realized that. There is winter wheat. Yeah, okay. We don't watch it because it takes a long time. Jesus said... That's part of how the kingdom comes, is it's like seeds being planted that take a long time to grow, but they are growing. And and in Matthew 13, he's he's telling them, don't doubt the process just because you see weeds coming up at the same time as the wheat. He said they grow together, but they're going to get sorted. You You just focus on harvesting the wheat. Put a little more fertilizer on it. Water it a little bit. Make sure it's getting enough sunlight. But the wheat is going to grow. He goes on in Matthew 13. He talks about the kingdom being like a mustard seed. Anybody ever eat mustard seeds? They really are tiny, aren't they? He says it's the smallest seed there is, but it grows into a huge tree that flocks of birds come and they land in it. It goes from being this big to filling the whole garden. That's what the kingdom is like. It's not an all-at-once process. It takes time to grow and to flourish. Here's, here's another verse. This is the last one he says in that, that section of parables in Matthew 13. In Matthew 13, 33, it says, Jesus used another illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman mixed into a large amount of flour until the yeast worked its way through all the dough. Yet another process that you, you don't sit there and watch it, but it's happening. And that's Jesus... I believe Jesus released the yeast or the leaven, whichever translation you have, the yeast of the kingdom into the world. And it's been permeating its way through the whole batch. When he came through his death and resurrection, (laughs) oh man, I don't know, I'm just having a picture while we're talking here. Of the, of the devil thinking he's in charge. Like, hey, I've got the wheat and the flour over here and it's mine now. And, and while he's not looking, Jesus' death and resurrection, he's like, whoop, just put a little yeast on your lump there. <laughs> Next thing you know, it's working its way through the whole batch. It's beginning to grow. It's beginning to increase. Things are beginning to rise. That's what I believe is happening right now in the world around us. The yeast of the kingdom is working its way through the entire lump. Come on, the entire world, the entire realm of this, this area that we live in, we may not see all the effects of it yet, but it's happening because it's in there and you can't take it back. Come on, anybody? Right. 
there's, there's nobody that actually bakes bread anymore, do you? Are there a couple people? Okay, I'm, I'm seeing at least like four hands. My, my bread comes in a nice plastic bag from the grocery store, already sliced. They still sell bread makers? Is that even a thing? We used to, I remember having one of those. If you bake, or you know someone who bakes, or you know somebody who knows somebody that bakes, once you put that yeast in there, can you get it back? Like, like you can go the next day and say, oh, I'm going to find it all and pull it back out. Man, once that process starts, it's going to work its way to completion. And when Jesus went to that cross and then he walked out of that tomb, it was like, oh, the process has started. Can't take it back now. <laughs> Hang tight with me. You may believe this later, but if you don't believe it already, don't get discouraged. Because things getting better is relatively a straight line. It's, it's, it's almost never a straight line. Uh, hard, hardly ever, hardly, rarely, whatever word you want to throw in there. Uh, has anybody ever tried to lose weight? <laughs> Try. I didn't say has everybody succeeded at losing weight. Has anybody tried to lose weight? Here's, here's a graph. Go put that up there. Do you know that losing weight is never a straight line process? Like, like if you get done, that blue line, like, man, from where I started to where I am, I lost some weight. But the ups and downs of the process, do you ever get discouraged? You really could give up and say, man, my goal was to lose weight, but I gained two pounds since yesterday. Do we stop the process? Do we say, that's it? I guess, I guess losing weight doesn't work. Has anybody ever done that? Like, oh, I had a day where I lost some weight and then a day where I gained some, so losing weight doesn't work. I'm just going to give up on the whole thing. Come on, it's hardly ever a straight-line process, but there's progress being made. I believe that's, that's what's happening in the world with the kingdom coming. Some, sometimes there's progress, more progress than others, and sometimes it's like, oh, that place, that area could use more progress. If we're unsure whether or not that's a true statement, that things are getting better, it's because there's too often we evaluate how things are going in the world based on some things that we're more familiar with. Here's, I'm going to give you three things that we have to watch out for because this is how we evaluate the things around us, and it may not be reliable. Number one is our limited geography. Most of us spend our entire lives living in one country. Some people in this room, you may have lived in one city or one neighborhood your entire life. I don't know. I don't have any idea if things are getting better right now in Sudan or Lebanon or the other's Thailand, the other side of the world, because I don't live there. I, I could research it. I could look it up, but I don't have firsthand experience because I have limited geography. I might travel a little bit, but I know what's going on here in Bridgeville and in the world around us. That's one thing that if, if all we do is, is we hang our hat on whether or not things are getting better because of what we see right here, we might be misled. Another thing that limits me is, is time. I have a limited life experience. I'm, I was about to say how long I've been alive, but I think I'll just keep that to myself right now. <laughs> Even in all of that vast life experience that I've accumulated in my many years, that's all the experience I have. I did not live in ancient Egypt. If, if you believe you lived in ancient Egypt and you're reincarnated, we have a whole other discussion to have. Like, 
Like there's somewhere else we need to go in our talk this morning. But I didn't live back then. I live right now. And all, all I can see is in the time that I've been alive, I, I look at that and I can say, oh, things are getting better, things are getting worse. But I haven't, I need to take a step back and look at the longer breadth of things. That's part of what I'll tell you the next couple of weeks. The other thing that really messes with us when we're thinking about are things getting better or not is our own personal experiences. And that's probably the biggest hurdle to overcome with coming into agreement with scripture and promises and what Jesus says he's doing because I feel what's happening to me. I can't speak for anybody else, but I know when somebody that I love is sick and in the hospital. I know if you've been up all night because you're you're worried and stressed and you can't sleep. Just to lighten the mood. Sometimes, oh, the Steelers lost three games in a row. It's the end of the world. (laughs) Man, did they look good. But it's only preseason. Man. Um, Gosh, have you ever gone out to Pittsburgh on a Monday after a Steelers loss and you can just feel it in the atmosphere? Like, people really, it's almost, you might think it's the end of the world sometimes. Oh, man. Maybe you're, you're, you're in a position where you're thinking, man, my marriage isn't great. I failed a test at school. The, the wrong political party's in power. <gasps> the Supreme Court made the wrong decision about something. Just got laid off from my job. The bills are piling up. How many of you know personal experiences are real? We, we feel that so deeply inside of us. And if we let it, it'll color our outcome and what we expect is happening in the world around us. And we'll start to believe that those things that we're feeling are more real than what Jesus has promised and what the Word of God tells us. Our personal experiences, our circumstances we find ourselves in right now are not the final measurement of whether or not things are getting better. 2 Corinthians 5.7 says we live by faith, not by sight. Come on, this is how Jesus told his followers to live. We live by faith and not by sight. If we're living by sight, we need to repent. Thank you for that amen. At least one person's still with me. Come on, what's repent is change your mind. Think differently. It produces different actions. You're regenerated. All things are good. Repent. If, If we're living by sight, we need to start living by faith. Come on, Paul said in Philippians, he says, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I'm in. Come on, that says that the external things going on around us should not have control over the final say of how we're feeling and what we're expecting inside of us. There's ups and downs in our circumstances, but they don't affect the truth of God's word and his promises. And as much as we love being a part of a church family, having people around us, there may be real times when you're walking through something where Jesus is the only one standing with you. How many of you know that is a very hard time, but he is there. Of all the people that you want standing with you more than anybody else, he's the one to count on. And if he's with you, there's hope. You and me and me and Jesus. There was a song about that one time. I'm not going to try to sing it right now. 
<laughs> oh, I got I to gotta land this somewhere today. Do you know when we live by faith, it actually causes us to see things differently? It changes our vision, changes what we're looking at. Uh, as we look at the data, I'm going to make some case that, that this faith is actually manifesting, and we can see it in the world around us. But faith causes you to look at the right things. It changes your vision. Come on. There was a story. If you've never read it, go back and, and read Isaiah chapter 6. There's a story where Isaiah literally gets caught up. He sees this open vision of heaven, and he sees angels flying around. And he's undone because he's like, man, I'm a man of unclean lips. I've, I live with unclean people, and they, they, unclean lips really could be like, hey, we complain, and we say things are getting worse all the time. And he's undone in this moment when he sees heaven open and he sees these angels flying around. Come on, there's smoke filling the, the temple. He sees the glory of the Lord and it, with his naked eyes. Come on. I don't know about you, but I believe that stuff was real when he's having that vision. Because it's in, it's in the Bible and Isaiah's seeing this. And what does he hear? He sees these angels flying around. He says they're calling out to each other. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. I think that's a true statement. Because there's no lying in heaven. Either those angels were lying, or the whole earth is full of his glory. If the whole earth is full of his glory, and I'm not seeing it, what needs to change? I think it's me and what I'm looking for and how I'm seeing. Come on, the whole earth is full of his glory. In fact, uh, Habakkuk says part of our job is to make the knowledge of the glory of the Lord known until it fills the whole earth. There's something that's going on in heaven that we need to come into agreement with and it'll shift our expectations of what's going to happen in our lives. I may not always see it with my natural eyes, but the whole earth is full of his glory is a true statement. You can take that to the bank. Here's, I'm, I'll land with this quote, because it, it was a good quote. Uh, how many of you have watched any of Christian media that's come out in the last year or so? You've watched The Chosen, or you saw The Jesus Revolution, or, you know, The Sound of Freedom has been a big moneymaker in Hollywood right now. And they're all Christian faith-based films. Anybody? Raise your hand at me, so I know you're still awake. That's hand, you're, not, you're not committing to anything. You're not telling us if you need to repent. You're just saying, yeah, I've seen that somewhere. <laughs> Oh, there's some things in church I think we could ask, have you watched this? And everybody would be sitting on their hands like, no, never heard of that, no. No idea what you're talking about. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of faith-based things that have been coming out, and they've been doing quite well. And this is a quote from Ted Bear. He's the founder of Movie Guide. Come on, this is not a Christian publication. This is someone in the world seeing this and saying this about what's going on. He said there's a tremendously powerful movement towards Jesus right now that most people aren't aware of. Huh. If somebody in the world is that optimistic about what Jesus and his kingdom are doing, how much more show should Christians be? That we've actually had the experiences and we have the promises and we have his spirit dwelling inside of us. Shouldn't we have a better report than the person in the world that says, wow, people are really moving towards Jesus right now. What are we seeing? What are we looking for? What are we expecting? Gosh, next week. Come back next week. 
go on this journey with us that things are getting better. I'm going to start next week by dismantling the notion of the good old days. Some of you know what I'm talking about. The good old days weren't that good for many of us. But I believe God wants us to be intentional about what we expect. And sometimes it's hard to expect good things in the future if we're always turned around looking at the past. Thinking, can I go back there for a minute? No. Why would you want to? Next week. That's, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I, just, I think it takes training and discipline to be an optimist. I, I think the easy go-with-the-flow thing to do is look at the bad news on the TV and talk about that all the time with everybody else around you. But it takes discipline of yourself to look at good things and to be an optimist to expect Jesus to move in our future. Don't be moved if you're looking around in the natural and like, oh, things aren't going the right way. Trust his promises more. Yeah, the, the team could come up. That would be a good thing. I'm, I am landing. This is good. Here's my action item for this week. This should be an easy one. Look for good news. How hard could it be? Let's commit ourselves. We're going to look for good news this week. Maybe some of us... uh, Has anybody ever done like a fast of watching the news? Or, or listening to the reports of what's going on in the world. Come on, there's, there's, there's a balance there. I don't want you to be uninformed about what's happening in the world around us, but what are we most often and predominantly feeding ourselves on? How about this week we look for good news? What was, uh, what was the name of the... John Krasinski. Everybody remember Jim from The Office? John Krasinski. During COVID... He, he, did a, he did like a little mock news report every day or every week called the Good News Report. And he just talked about, here are great things that are happening in the world right now. Here are good stories of people helping each other and doing these things. And it was a huge hit. He actually, he actually sold the rights to it to another news station because they were like, how are you getting that many people to watch? Talking about good news. That, that, we, we think bad news sells. Start sharing the good news. And see how much more attractive that is to people. Let's go ahead and stand. We're, we're going to worship on the way out this morning. But look for good news this week. Be intentional. Share it with someone. Let them know what you found. Use it to change your own expectations. Can, maybe you see some good news that you need to start confessing it over your life and your circumstances. Jesus, I need you to do what I'm seeing over there right here. I talked earlier about when we believed we went from death into life, that that Jesus saved us and that made things better for us. If you've never done that, if you've never believed, you can go from death to life this morning. You can have some of the best news and the best experience you've ever had. You can receive the life of Jesus. If you need to do that for the first time this morning, if you're in the room, I invite you to go over by the cross where Dave's standing, or if you're watching online, send us a note. We'd love to introduce you to Jesus and tell you what it means to be his follower. Jesus, we thank you for the work that you did on the cross that made a difference in our lives and in the world around us. It made a difference in eternity. Jesus, we ask that you would continue to do the work that only you can do. Thank you for inviting us to come alongside of you, to be laborers in the field, to share what you've done in our lives with others. 
God, I ask right now that you would, uh, where, the, where there's been areas where we haven't believed your promises or we haven't been expecting to see you come through, God, I ask that you would shift something in our thinking. Jesus, we thank you that the promises of your word are more real and more trustworthy than anything else we could put our faith and hope in. God, I ask that as we choose to look for it this week, you would open our eyes and let us see good news all around us. Let us be quick to open our mouths and to share it with others. Thank you for your work in our lives, Lord Jesus. Continue to do what you want to do with us. Even while we're worshiping here to leave, if you're in the room, you're having pain in your body, you're having sickness, you you have a situation that's just weighing on you, and you want somebody to pray with you, uh, there's some people in the back corner over there, my right, your left, or if Dave's up here at the front, get some prayer before you go today. That's why they're here. They want to pray with you. But the rest of us, we're going to sing together, and then uh, you, you will be dismissed and free to go after we're done. Bless you guys. to see